All right. It's 9 o'clock, so we're going to get started here. Uh, my name is Mercury Payton, and I'm one of the elders here at uh, Delray Baptist Church. And uh, this lesson this morning is Spiritual Disciplines and Biblical Intake or Bible Intake is the topic, part two. So hopefully you had a chance to uh, be part of part one last week. Um, but if not, you can listen to that online. Uh, again, for those who just arrived, I'm Mercury Payton. I'm one of the elders here at Delray Baptist Church, and Bible Intake is what we're covering this morning. So I'm going to open us in prayer, then we will begin. Father in heaven, you are gracious and kind uh, to us. Uh, you are patient with us. And so we, as your people, uh, love you for that reason and many more. As we endeavor to look into your word and to consider how important it is for us to be in your word daily, day, night, meditating on your word, we ask that you would warm our hearts and our affections so that we would uh, find that excitement, that joy that comes along with knowing you deeply and intimately because you are a kind and good God. You are a God who's close to us. Uh, you come down to us and you reveal yourself in your word. So in these moments here, we ask that you would illuminate this great word that you have given to us in a way in which we may understand it better. This is our plea to you, our great God and King. We ask this on the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So Matthew 4.4 4 is where we're going to kind of start our time here together. And this is what the word of God says. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, this is Jesus, and he's talking to the devil as he is being tempted. So our main idea, the concept we want to kind of rest in this morning, is this. We all need food for our physical health. However, even more importantly, we need God's word for our spiritual health. I'll say that again. It's our main idea. This is what we're going to camp in this morning. We all need food for our physical health. However, even more importantly, we need God's word for our spiritual health. Amen? Amen. All right. All right. So we start here in this passage of Matthew 4.4. 4 like this. Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. This was after 40 days and 40 nights of fasting when Jesus was clearly hungry. I don't know about you. you know, I fasted for a day or two or three and I'm like, my body's like, okay, give me that food, right? At some point. We're talking 40 days and 40 nights here. Okay, he's clearly hungry. And the tempter, the devil, said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Now, knowing that he was the son of God and that he possessed the ability to turn those loaves of bread into loaves of stones into bread, the devil knew this was tempting Jesus in at least two ways, probably more. The first was that Jesus knew that he was the son of God with all authority in his hands. He had all authority in his hands, which made this temptation one of possibly pride for Jesus, as he could have easily displayed this power just to show the devil that he was the son of God. I, you're challenging who I am? You know, I wasn't there in the beginning. I created all this stuff. You're telling me that uh, 
if I'm hungry, just to show you who I am, right? The second was that Jesus was truly hungry in his humanity. We know that he was very God and very man. He was 100% God, 100% man, the hypostatic union. He was God and man, right? And so in his humanity, as we just talked about at the very beginning here, he was indeed hungry. So certainly desire to eat food was going to be there in a very prominent way after 40 days of no food. But notice here, Jesus responded to the devil by saying that man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he said this while being hungry for 40 days and nights. And in this event in the wilderness, he taught us that his word is what we really need, not food. Also, when the devil attempted to tempt Jesus, what did he do? He used the word against him, which was in his heart. And oh, by the way, Jesus is the word, right? John 1, 1, right? John 1, 14, he is the word in flesh. So this is how we start our morning with this in mind when we consider a Bible intake. Now, you may have an outline here with you, and uh, the first point we're going to discuss is committing to a daily intake of God's Word. That's going to be one of our focuses here. Committing to a daily intake of God's Word. So the first part of that would come out of the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 8. Does someone have their word open? Of course, in this room, someone has their word open. That's what we do, right? So, so, so look at Joshua, chapter 1, and if someone could read verse 8, that will help us along this morning. Thank you. This world is filled with many dangers. And some of these dangers are around us every day. Let's think of a few of them, right? The first is that we have an enemy, the devil, who is a liar. He seeks to lead us astray. And just as he has from the beginning, he is on the move to disrupt our lives. The second enemy is our own sinful ways, our flesh. We desire that which God has said for us not to do. We desire to rebel. Every day, even as Christians, uh, we battle these sinful ways. The third is people around us who are evil and selfish, and they come against us. I know you don't know any people like that, but I know. When I'm at work or on my block in my neighborhood, matter of fact, I, my wife went to a wedding yesterday and we left our children at home and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm there for a couple of hours. I'm like, okay, I haven't gotten any texts. Everything's cool at home, right? Then these texts start flowing through about neighbors doing things to our children and this is stuff that children do, but now I'm sitting here like, why are they coming against my children? Right. You know, every day, you know, there are people that are coming against us. And that's just that's the world we live in. A fourth is our decaying bodies because of Adam's first sin that we inherited. Our bodies are breaking down and you don't have to look too far to know that someone is in physical need. Maybe you're in physical need. Maybe you're in some pain or something. This is a result of the fall. All of these things are coming against us. And so, and there are many more perils. I'm not saying this is not the exhaustive list of all the perils that you may see, but there are others. Joshua was was instructed to always talk about God's word and to meditate on it day and night. And this was right after Moses, the leader of the people, had died as they were about to enter the land that God had promised them. And if you just know a little bit about that story of Moses and the people, the people were always fearful. 
They would see these miracles that God would do, and then they would be fearful again. And then he'd do more miracles, and they'd be fearful again. In the book of Numbers, chapter 13, God instructed Moses to send spies out to give a report about the land he was about to give them. And most of the spies were what? Afraid, right? Twelve of them, ten of them like, we can't go over there, they're huge. Two of them like, no, God's given us land, we'll take it. Fear, again. So later we see in the book of Joshua that Moses has died, and the people are again, a what? They're afraid, again, right? They're afraid. And, and as was just read here, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, and then into verse 9, the Lord is saying, do not be frightened, this is verse 9, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In fact, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9 is filled with encouragement because God knew they were afraid and would be afraid. So his most important instruction to them was to do what? Speak God's word every day. I see Eric Butterball and I'm, you know, we're go to lunch, whatever, and we're talking and it just we're talking casually about just life. And then the word just comes out. Eric will say something it's the word. I say something, I hope it's the word. I hope it is, right? Okay, you know, every day, just in our casual just flow of, of life, the word should just come out of us. And to do what? Meditate on it when? Day and night. Day and night. Meditate, thinking on God's word. This is how we can be strong and courageous and not fear. Our second part here is the whole counsel of God for the people of God. Old Testament, New Testament, the whole word of God is for his people of God. Right. And so Second Timothy. Chapter three, verses verse 16 teaches us. That all scripture is what good for us, all scripture is good for us. So verse 16 reads this. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. So we know that God has instructed us to speak his word on a daily basis. We know that he has taught us to meditate on it day and night. So here we learn that all God's word is good for us. In our family, we're in a family devotion. We go through the Bible. We read a chapter a day. We were in Ezekiel and you're reading Ezekiel and you just and you and you read it and you meditate and you read it. I don't know how many, some of you have been in Lamentations, some of you have been in Deuteronomy. There are some minor prophets, right? You, you meditate, you sit, you, you, you go over it, and you go over it, and you go over it. It's good for us. Why is it good for us? It's able to rightly disapprove of our actions. Left to our own devices, we will say that what we do is right. right? I don't, maybe you all like criticism. I mean, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm like, well, I didn't do that wrong thing. Well, that's our nature. In our nature, we are, all, we are always the plumb line when it comes to life, right? We, we judge ourselves. We are, the, we are the right ones. The word of God is good to convict us, correct us. Let us know when we're astray. Let us know when we're wrong. That's what the word of God is good for. It can also let us know what right living is. If we have a question about how to do something well or properly, the word of God is good for that. It is so clear from God's word that the whole counsel of God is for the people of God. And his words should be our words day and night. And we should consider all that God has said. The next part here is God's word belongs in our hearts. Psalm 119, 11 teaches us that keeping God's word in our heart will remind us to not sin against him. Verse 11 reads like this. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That was one of those verses as a child I, I learned, you know, and it just stays with you. We, learned, we have learned that God wants us to speak about his word. So we're going to kind of recap here a little bit. He wants us to meditate on it day and night. He taught us that all of his word is good for us. We see here in this psalm that he teaches us to meditate on a day and night. It will be in our hearts. As it's in our hearts, 
it will remind us not to sin against him. So, does this mean that if we read God's word every day, that we will completely eliminate sin from our lives? Is that what it's saying? Is that what it's saying? Well, no, that's not what this passage of scripture is teaching us. What it's teaching us is a, it's a principle that the more we read God's word, as we read it every day, as we meditate on it every day, we'll be so familiar with his ways that they will be in our heart and we will be more and more like him every day. And as we are being conformed to the ways of Jesus each day by staying in his word, as we encounter difficulties in this life, we will have tools that we need for daily sanctification and growth in Christ. Some of you are musical. Uh, yeah, you know, you do play instruments. You might uh, sing or whatever, right? You have to practice for that recital. You have to, over and over, you have to, for, for months and months, right? You're, you're on the piano. You're over and over. You're correcting over and over. You're learning that piece. And after a while, you know it by heart, right? After a while, you've got, you've got that. You've got that. Imagine passages of scripture that you treat that way, over and over, repetitive, over and over. Think of that favorite song that's your, your favorite song, whatever it is. You hear it, you hear it, and now you know the words by heart after a while. There might be someone in here who's athletic. You know, you might do those soccer drills or lacrosse drills or I guess what, pickleball is big now? I don't know. It's a big thing. I don't know. I hear about pickleball. I don't know anything about it. But I'm sure you've got to practice at it to be good at it. And then after a while, you get into the rhythms of doing it so that it becomes almost a part of you. So in the same way, God has wired our minds to take in his word and make it a part of who we are daily. If we are not meditating on God's word, then we should not be perplexed about our abiding sins. If we're not in his word, we should not be like, well, why am I? Well, these sins, why, why they seem to be on repeat if we're not in his word? If we're not in his word and meditating day to night, we should not wonder why our relationships with other people are not just going so great. If we're not in God's word day and night, then we should not wonder why sometimes we just feel he's not close. Like, well, why, why do I feel like I feel distant from the Lord? So we should commit a, to a daily intake of God's word while we are not going to be perfect in this life. This is not going to happen. We're going to be sanctified daily. We're going to be, if you're a Christian in this room and you've been a Christian for a few years, you can look back and say, you know what? I have grown spiritually. I have, I know what I was. I know what Christ has done. His spirit is growing me. And truth be told, you probably now even are more acutely aware of your sin than you were then. So there's a continual growth that we see. So we need to feel this closeness and joy that comes from his word and his word gives us that joy. So I plead with you, make the commitment today to daily take in God's word. That, that is what we're trying to encourage you to do today. You should be doing this. All right. I've been going really fast. Are there any questions at this point? Okay, there'll be more time later for questions, but if you have any questions, burning questions right now, certainly ask them. Okay, all right. The second part here is daily reading plans and exploring your most pressing questions. Now, the importance of a daily reading plan is very critical for us because it grows us. Look at Psalm 1, verses 1 through 4. If someone could read that for us, that will help us along. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 4.
Thank you. Thank you. So that passage teaches us that the person who does not dwell with the wicked and who loves God and meditates on his word day and night will withstand life's challenges. And we all will have challenges in this life. That's what the word of God says. We have, so, so far, we've learned that God instructs us to, to, uh, to talk about his word every day, meditate on his word day and night, teaches us that it's all good for us, all good for his people. And we've learned that we, it, it belongs in our hearts. That's what we've learned so far. So now it's important for us to learn that the people of God should not dwell with and approve of the wicked, nor with those who openly sin and who openly scoff. To the contrary, we are taught to love God's word and to think about his word day and night. The comparison of the Christian who does this is like one who was planted near a stream of water that yields this juicy, delicious, great fruit at its proper and right times, and his leaves are all healthy. Have you ever been like uh, near a tree like that or near vegetation? You just walk, and it's just, you just look at it, and it just looks like it's just perfect. I, I don't have a green thumb. I can't make anything do that, but you certainly can appreciate it when you see that. It's been well watered. It's been well taken care of. It gets a proper light. That is how we are as Christians, as believers. When we're in his word, we are getting the proper light. We're getting the proper water. We're getting the proper everything that it takes for us to get that fruit and the leaves and the beauty to the eye, all those things. That's the imagery we see here in Psalm 1, verses 1 through 4. And to the contrary, the wicked are just carried away by the pressures of this life. And I'll say here that we we've all know people who are wicked and they seem like they are getting away with whatever they think they're getting away with. But don't be deceived by what we see to the naked eye. God deals with them, and you have no idea sometimes the turmoil, turmoil that's in their lives as they put on the facade of winning at the expense of others and living in a wicked way. So this, uh, this is a teaching that, that we should take in to further cement with us that a Bible reading plan is important. How else will the Christian accomplish what God is saying here? As a matter of fact, we, we just learned here from a few passages what God says about meditating on his word day and night, right? He is saying in his word to do this. Um, so we need to have a plan of some sort. Now, some Christians read a chapter a day. We've been in our house reading a chapter a day since 1997, which is many years, and you go over the word over and over and over, and you're in the word four, five, six times, and you see something new all the time. You're, you're in his word. Some people have a, uh, a, a Bible plan where they read a New Testament passage, an Old Testament passage in the same day. Uh, I've done those plans as well. Some people have uh, a Bible in a year reading plan where you have multiple passages from different places and over 365 days, you'll, you'll go through the whole counsel of God. It doesn't matter which method you use. Use a method. Use something that will get you in God's word all the time. Some people have to get up in the morning at 5, 30, 6, 30. I don't know if you all get that early. But, and, they, and the first thing they do is they get in. I, some, some place at Cedarville University, the, the president says, no Bible, no breakfast. That's what they say there, right? You, your time might be noon. Your time might be okay. Noon, okay, I'm going to get it in then, right? So your time might be in the evening. Do something where it's daily. Think about this, right? If your physical body needs food every day, and not only do we need it every day, okay, well, Maybe some of you all do one meal a day. My son Avery, he does this thing, this uh, one big meal thing. Okay, I can't do that. I got to do breakfast. I got to do lunch. I got to do dinner, and I and, and I have to fight not to snack. Okay, all right. So why can't we be in here three times a day and snack a little bit for our spirit? Okay, all right. Do something. Stay in the word. Stay in the word. Okay. Uh, Next one is looking into the, uh, the word daily when we have a challenge or a question. Acts chapter 17, 
verses 10 and 11 reads like this. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. So there were Bereans there. Now, you, some of you, this may be familiar to many of you here, as far as what kind of people the Bereans were. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. And now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So this teaches us the Christians should be searching the Bible daily, examining with all eagerness what they're being taught by their church and what they encounter in society. Uh, we have to be eager about this. Uh, we have to have a consistent rhythm of biblical intake that will draw us closer to God. This will prepare us to properly examine questions we will have each day. As we draw closer to God, we will want to learn what his people preach and teach. We will want to learn more. We want to check and see and what the word says. Something happens in society. Check the word. What does it say? We'll cross-check with God's word. And the questions are endless. What does the Bible say about fear? What does the Bible say about work? What does the Bible say about rest? What does the Bible say about marriage? Or singleness? What does the Bible say about the baby in the womb? What does the Bible say about ethnicity? What does the Bible say about money? The questions are endless. Dive in. Dive in. We see here in Acts 17 that the Bereans were just as eager to receive God's word as they were to examine it daily. And this is the mark of a heart that is moved by the truth that is in God's word. And remember that they were regarded as what? More noble. More noble. So it is always good to ask questions. If you're ever around Christian, they're saying, well, I'll stop all this asking all them questions. Okay, wait a minute. All right, that's what, as Christians, we're supposed to dive in. So no one should say, stop asking all those questions. Someone should say, you have more questions. Now, you may not have time. Now, you may say, okay, well, I can check back with you uh, tomorrow. I'm in the middle of something. But think of the Bereans, right? They were called more noble. So never be discouraged by, one, you having more questions, or two, someone asking you more questions, right? Because the Bereans were called more noble. Now, individual Bible reading plan and a uh, Bible reading plan with others is our next topic here. And we see in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and 46, we see the people of God coming together with fellowship, breaking bread, and getting together. It says here in verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers, and day by day attending the temple and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. Daily fellowship is normal for the Christian. Right, so we are not just Sunday Christians. And then Monday through Saturday, we don't open the word, we don't pray, we don't fellowship with other Christians, we don't get together with non-Christians, and then all of a sudden, we don't, we don't talk about God, right? No. Every day, every day, we're devoting ourselves to what we've been taught on Sunday. Every day, we're getting together with other Christians. It's in us is part of who we are. Once we've established a daily Bible reading plan and we have a system of examining the questions we encounter through listening to our pastors and teachers and the questions that come from society, we should prepare to connect with members of our church and other Christians in society and even others in society and we're, we're discussing and encouraging each other along the way in God's words. This happens in church, not just on Sunday. You can come to church on different days of the week. We have all kinds of activities here at church. This happens in each other's homes. Go to each other's home on a Thursday, on a Saturday, on a Tuesday. This is the regular rhythm of the life of the Christian, doing life with each other, looking into God's word, 
reading the word of God together, learning to grow in Christ together. Use your individual Bible reading plan as a springboard into your relationships with other Christians who you are in fellowship with on a regular basis. All right, let's look at methods of biblical intake. And I will stop here and see, does anyone, do we have any questions here? Any, any, quest, any questions at all? I know, I know I'm going fast. Oh, okay, yes, 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 yes. Sure. So for younger children, particularly children who, uh, who can read, I'll say that, children who can read, I know in our home um, we've, had a, we've had a few children, and so what we study um, every day, they read that too on their own by themselves before we come together as a family. Then I also know that there are certain passages of Scripture that we have taught them to memorize, like say John chapter one, for example, and other passages of scripture, maybe some Psalms where for maybe a few months, you know, we're going over that and over that so that they memorize it. And so the importance of that is, is that it becomes part of them. And uh, to give you a brief example, my nine-year-old last week encountered some neighbors, uh, you know, who, were pressing him on idols. Um, so he comes to the house, he says, hey, hey, dad, um, I'm not going to say the neighbor's name, but, the, you know, uh, this little kid, he said that um, my watch is an idol. And I told him, well, we all have idols and they're in our heart. I'm like, well, I'm like, okay, I'm wondering where this is all going. And, and then he said, well, this guy was saying something about idols. And he said, well, he said, but we, we, all, we all have these things in our heart that are just not good. All of us do. And then, the, then the, the, the kid said something like, well, um, different topic, but same context. Um, Satan created hell. And my nine-year-old son said, no, he didn't. God created everything. Right? I'm sitting there thinking, this nine-year-old <laughs> is having a conversation with a 12-year-old about these things we've been talking about in our house, and you think they don't really catch on or it takes but it does. So as far as memorization is concerned, I would say that your daily reading, what you do with a, as a family, I would say also uh, getting them to memorize like blocks of scripture. Um, and then beyond that, what I have done with many of them is I would say, okay, what do these verses mean? Because it's one thing to memorize it, but then to comprehend and understand what that means on their level is helpful for them to make that connection with what they're memorizing. Um, and then for those who are younger, I think that uh, just maybe reading scripture to them, there are some songs you can sing that are, that are you know, biblical that they take in. Those are some ways where you can put God's word in their, in their heart. And then is there like approaching preteens? Mm-hmm. So as, as preteens, um, some of mine have done, they have moved on and like taken on other parts of scripture that, so we'll say, okay, we're in Ezekiel, now we're in Daniel, whatever. Um, I think one of my um, younger ones, they wanted to read Ephesians by themselves. So by themselves, they're reading Ephesians, then they're asking us questions. What does this mean? So I think to encourage them to even kind of move into well, what challenges are you seeing as a 11, 12, 13 year old? What part of the Bible do you want to read? Having them read on their own and then come and talk to you about what they're reading like good Bereans is what I would encourage. Yeah. And you, I'm just going to ask Mark, sort of, um, you know, committing to doing this and, and realizing the value. Um, why is it so hard at times to do this? Because it seems very intuitive. If we're Christians, this should be natural to us. It should be like just breathing. It should be like eating. But I think if you ask any of us and yourself, mm-hmm. it's not. And it's, it's hard. Why is it so hard? What are some hindrances? And what are some ways to kind of get beyond that when you're discouraged or you feel defeated? Right. I, the reason why it's hard is because just like our bodies crave dessert and not 
the stuff that really feeds us uh, well. Um, our spirit is willing, our flesh is weak. So uh, while we have this tension going on, our flesh at times just wants to just go to sleep and not read tonight. Our flesh wants to just watch that ball game. We can study later. Um, our flesh, it will even say, well, this thing that is a virtuous, like, hey, I need to um, have a conversation with my wife about something, so I don't have time to read. So we can even justify and say, okay, you know what, I'm just too busy to get into God's word. Um, if I get another 45 minutes of rest in the morning, then my work day, I'll be more alert. I'll just read his word later. Right, so we can, in our minds, in our flesh, we can, I think the word says we're inventors of evil, right? Right. So we can come up with a lot of reasons why we can just avoid it today. We can, we can get to it tomorrow. We can, and, that's, and I think that's our propensity because our hearts, who can understand them, right? So we have to be committed to intentionally say, no, I need to be in his word. Because if I'm not in his word, there are going to be consequences greater than any virtue I can come up with. Right? So we've got to make this a point. Yeah, I, I really hope that is. Okay. okay. Any, other, any other questions? All right. Methods of Bible intake. So we've learned today, we've learned this morning, that it is important to read his word, to meditate on it day and night. The whole counsel of God is for the, all the people of God, for the people of God. We have learned his word belongs in our hearts, so we won't sin against him. We've learned the importance of a daily Bible reading plan. Uh, so the next natural question is, and one may ask, all right then, so how do I do this well? Uh, so there are three ways that we will talk about today, even though there certainly are more. So when I say there are three, that, that doesn't mean that you may say, well, Mr. Payton, there's seven, actually. There's seven methods. <laughs> well, okay. And I say, yes and amen. We're going to talk about three right here, all right? And so one of these methods is memorization. We were just talking about memorization just a few moments ago. Um, the book, Spiritual Disciplines for Christian Life by Donald S. Whitney is one that I would recommend to you all. Spiritual Disciplines for Christian Life by Donald S. Whitney. Whitney teaches us that a great way to supply our spiritual power is through memorization. When scripture is stored in our minds, it is available for quick recall, whereby the Holy Spirit will bring to our attention Bible verses when we need it, when we need them the most. So like my nine-year-old Adam, he's challenged about idols, he's challenged about who created hell or whatever it is, and you know he's riding his bike or whatever they're out there doing in the court, and he's like, well, no, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. So we need to have it in us because it strengthens our faith. It prepares us for evangelism. It gets us ready for counseling other Christians. It gives us quick access to God's perfect guidance. It stimulates med meditation. The more we memorize, the more we meditate on his word. We can memorize scripture by studying certain verses over and over, as we were talking about a few moments ago. Um, and I just, she was in my notes here, because I was going to say, well, one time my wife helped my children with John chapter 1. Yeah, well, that was, we just talked about that. Um, and one can, you know, uh, learn memorization with writing verses out. So you can, um, over and over and over again, write Ephesians 1. Just writing it down, Ephesians 1, writing it down, over and over and over over and over and over for a month or so. Um, we can memorize scripture by um, drawing pictures um, of what we're reading. Um, imagine drawing a wheel inside of a wheel, right? <laughs> what would that look like? Uh, you know, some of the imagery we see in the Bible, just drawing it out. I'm not the most artistic, but it could be helpful to draw pictures to help us to maybe see what um, at le least how we're connecting what the scriptures are saying. So, I'll ask you here, what are some memorization methods that any of you have used here that have, well, I know that some of you in here probably have some memorization methods 
um, does anyone want to give some examples? Maybe maybe one or two. Yes. That's good. It's a game. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yes. Yes. One more. Um, so for kind of adults, the idea of you kind of uh, you know write out on a note card or various sort of things that script for members put it on the mirror when you're brushing your teeth when you're various things put it on your computer. Like that. Do various sort of things and do that as well. So we yeah. also used to do that occasionally to our children. That's good. That's good. I like that. That's good. That's good. That's good. All right. The next method is meditation. Meditation. Um, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, taught us to meditate on God's word day and night. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 4, taught us to meditate on God's word day and night. There are many other passages of scripture that teach us to meditate on God's word. It's all throughout scripture. Now, Whitney, um, as you look at the book and you get a chance to read it, he has like 17 useful methods. Um, let's explore just 15 of them, okay? We're not going to go through um, all 17. And, and what we're going to do is, in this little brief exercise, if you could turn to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, um, and we're going to use this passage as an example for the rest of our time here for a number of uh, aspects of what we're going to talk about. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Okay. And it reads like this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So there are 15 methods here that we're going to talk about. And as you look at those two verses, one is emphasizing different words in the text. So as you see those two verses there, placing certain emphasis on different words in the text. Another method is rewriting the text in your own words. So as you see these two verses here, consider and think about rewriting the text in your own word. I'm not saying that we're asking for someone to do a first Eric, you know, and you're not, you know, you're not creating the word new. What you're doing is you're rewriting the text in your own words. The third one is formulate a principle from the text and ask what it teaches. So as you see these two verses together, think about a principle that comes from the text and then ask, okay, what is this teaching? The next one is think of an illustration of the text and ask what that picture explains. A fifth one is looking for applications in the text. Like what is the text actually trying to tell us? A sixth one is ask how the text points to the law and gospel. That's another one that we can do. A seventh is ask how the text points to something about Jesus, our Lord and Savior. That's another, that's another. The eighth here asks what question is answered and what problem is being solved as you look at verses one and two here. Another good meditation method is praying through the text. Imagine verses one and two and you're looking at this and you're saying, okay, and you're praying through this that you want your body to be a living sacrifice, that you want to be holy and acceptable to God, that this is your spiritual worship, and oh, by the way, it's by the mercies of God. Like, you pr pray that, pray that, pray that. 
Memorizing the text, this is number 10. Memorizing the text, the best way you know how to memorize information. For some of you, it might be uh, in the bathroom when you're brushing your teeth in the morning, like it was said in the back, and then writing on the, on the uh, mirror. Um, others, it might be audible. You might want to have an audible Bible or something, and those verses are just kind of, you just hear it over and over. Uh, some of you might have to write it over and over again. Whatever that method is. Eleventh method, create an artistic expression of the text. Um, I won't be the best person to do that um, because I'm not necessarily that artistic, but some of you who are, certainly uh, that is a method. Um, he says in number 12 here, ask the Philippians for eight question, which I think is whatever is lovely true, right? Is that what that one is, right? So, so look at verses one and two in that context. Uh, number 13, attempt to discover a minimum number of insights from the text. 14, find a common thread between all the paragraphs and chapters you read. Here in verses 1 and 2, there is a point being made to not being conformed to this world, but being, by tr being transformed by the renewing of our mind. That is a common thread here in this. And so you would use that method um, in your, your meditation methods. And then the last one that we'll look at here, number 15, ask if your text speaks to your current issue or question. So you could look at verses one and two here and see, for example, if you're going through something, if it applies to your situation. We'll look at application here. And again, like I said, that's 15. You probably have another 15. You know, there are many different ways to really dive into meditation. All right, let's look at application. Uh, another helpful method is using application as a method. And uh, as Christians, we are to apply God's words to our lives every single day. As we read God's word, we should expect to discover um, what that application might be. We should slowly read the text to understand it. Meditating on the text will help us to discern the appropriate application of the text. We should ask some application-oriented questions of the text. And so, again, let's look at Romans 12, 1 and 2 for, I'll say, six questions this time that we should look at for application. One, does this text reveal something I should believe about God? So if you look at Romans 12, 1 and 2, is it saying something that we should believe about God, right? Says something about his mercies. Says something about being holy and acceptable to him, right? The second one here, does this text reveal something that I should praise and thanks God for right now? Well, uh, we belong to him. We should praise him for that. It's our spiritual worship to have this relationship with him. We should praise him for that. And it says that we would be able to uh, know what is the will of God and discern that. We should praise him for that. The third one, does this text reveal something about uh, how I should pray for others and myself. This text may not necessarily directly go specifically into that question, um, but as you read more and in different passages of Scripture, you'll have more pass passages that talk about, about, talk about that. The next one is revealing something I should have a new attitude about. Well, that's more prominent in this passage, right, where it talks about not being conformed to this world. So we may have an attitude that is a certain way about something, and we may need to change our minds and think differently, and that's what this passage is saying. The fifth one here, does this text reveal something about a decision I should make? You may be thinking about making a decision, and you look at the passage of Scripture and see if it is helpful in any way. And the last one, number six here, does this text reveal something I should uh, do for the sake of Christ, others, um, or myself? So again, those are good methods to use. Memorization, meditation, and application are really good methods to use. Any questions here before we go to our next section? Any questions? All right. Our next section here is hearing God's voice, and this is under Bible intake with resources and consistent church fellowship. So we want to hear God's voice. I mean, we want to 
be so intimate with him where we hear what he is saying to us and we know his thoughts and his ways as much as we possibly can. And the best way to grow in our walk with God is to know his word. That's the best way to do that. God has already spoken. So as we learn his word on a consistent basis, we will hear his voice, though not audibly, but it will speak in our hearts. His voice will speak to us through his word. Again, he's already spoken, so there's no need for us to seek out hearing his voice. Some people may say, well, I've heard him speak. Well, what did his voice sound like, right? I mean, I would ask that question. His word is clear, and he has said what what needs to be said right here. Um, He tells us about our sin nature. He tells us that it's been passed down through us like an infection, like a virus. We've just come out of this COVID stuff, right? Well, viruses all around us. Well, there's a virus that's greater, which is sin. It's infected all of us. And if you are here today and you are not a Christian, we are happy. You, I am happy you are here. Maybe your parents brought you. Maybe your relatives brought you. Maybe a coworker or a friend brought you. Maybe you just came down the street. You live a few blocks away and you want to know what in the world is going on in here. If you're in this room and you're hearing this and you sense the weight of your sin right now where you sit, God can take away that. He can remove that. He can cover that. He has offered his son Jesus to you. If you are not a Christian here in this moment, God can save you from the penalty and the weight of your sin. You feel that guilt. You feel that weight of what you have done wrong and how you have been living. And Jesus is your remedy. He is your remedy today, right now, right here. I plead with you. I encourage you to listen to what you're hearing right now because God can change you right now where you sit and save you right now where you sit. And anyone in this room can pray with you and can walk with you through the importance and the essentiality and the reality and the truth that is for you right now. So anyone would pray with you if that's where you are. And so, and if that is where you are, God's voice inside of you is actually moving you to hear this message. So I encourage you, call on Jesus. I encourage you here to reach out to him. He has made a way for you just like he has made a way for me. Everyone in this room has sinned and has been a sinner and has had the opportunity to have Jesus to redeem them. And we beg of you, we plead of you this morning to listen to that voice that you're hearing. The next part here is having God's ear. And according to 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, uh, the best way to uh, have God's ear is to know his will. And it reads, 1 John 5, 14, and this is confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask, that is, we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. He will hear us if we know his will. So when we pray, we are to pray to the one true and living God. He is the Alpha and the, the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the ever-existent one true God, meaning that he has always existed that's just true. It's just a reality. He listens to our prayers. He's always there for us. By using Bible intake methods we've talked about today, we have a better understanding of how to take in God's word. And his word not only tells us what he is like, it tells us what he expects, and it tells us how to live, and it tells us how to pray. We see examples in scriptures about corporate prayer, praying all together. So when we started here, we prayed all together, right? We see examples of scripture about secret prayer. Talk about a prayer closet. Talks about going and praying on your own. We see examples of scripture about fasting, about what we should do when we withdraw to the point in which we're pleading with the Lord. And we're as at the beginning of here, we talked about Matthew 4, 4, about Jesus fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. We see 
a scripture teaching us about that. We see scripture teaching us about loving to read his word and his people, loving to pray, being mindful of his presence, his closeness to us all. We see this all throughout scripture. So before we conclude here, are there any questions we have here about, oh my goodness, about three minutes. I wanted to go through and get it all in and then ask, have more time for questions. But we do have about three minutes for questions. So any questions on what has been shared? I know there are probably some questions. Oh, you just, she's just doing that, okay. You can't do that if you ask a question. Any questions? I'm gonna head fake the teacher, that's okay. Any questions? Okay, well, let's, as we conclude here, this last part, the Bible and God, the Bible and you, and the Bible and God's people. So we've learned today that the real way to know God is through his Bible and taking it in. So as we consider, so we say, what is the importance? What is the importance of reading the Bible every day, a reading plan, memorization, meditation, application. What is, so what's the point? What is the, the point is to know God, to know him. And that is an, a journey that will be for the rest of your lives. We would, he is so far beyond us that we will never completely all the way understand and consume him, yet we should be running toward him yet still. And the closer we know him, the more we run for him in a hard way. We need to learn about our sin problem. We need to learn about how he has redeemed us. And we need to learn it over and over again. We need to learn how to look at topics that are difficult for us to understand and look to God. The Bible and you. So we know about the importance of knowing what God wants and desires for us all, but as far as, for, as, far as we're concerned, uh, we need to know about sanctification. We need to know about how to move in this life, how to encourage one another, um, how David can encourage me and how I can encourage him. The Bible teaches us that. And the third part is the Bible and God's people. So while the word teaches us how to relate with God, how David and I can encourage one another, then there are people on your block, there are people on your street, there are people in your school, there are people at work, some people who are Christians and they may not go to your church, but they may feel alone, reach out to them and connect with them. Then there are other people who don't know who Jesus is, reach out to them and connect with them as well. The word of God gives us the blueprint that we need for this life. And I would encourage you to use these biblical intake methods on a daily basis. It will change your life in such a way that each moment will be rich. There will be difficult days and there will be good days. Um, a couple years back, we had two years in our family that were extremely hard extremely hard. And I cannot imagine going through those days without his word. So you're going to have difficult times. You need God's word. You're going to have times of celebration and rejoicing. You need God's word. You need God's word. You need God's word. You need God's word. I mean, that is what we're imploring to you today. So I think we have a few more minutes. Maybe time for one question before we close. Yeah, we have one minute. Any questions? Yes. An offering is the approach to Bible reading is maybe as important as the Bible reading itself. We come to it with a, with, with a humility. We come to it with a sense of expectation. We come with it with a sense that that I don't have the answers and I need this, right? And I, I think a lot of times it's easy to come to the Bible and just kind of check off the box, right? right? Come in and say, okay, did it, did it, did it, right? And, and we kind of lose the essence of why did we even come before that? And right. So that's something, you know, in our family, we kind of come back to that often. Right. What is our heart attitude towards what we're doing? Right. Just the doing? 
That's excellent. So the word of God is, um, is to be regarded as the Lord speaking to us and telling us what he wants us to know and understand. Uh, not, okay, we necessarily, we're going to come here. We already kind of halfway know the answer that we're looking for. We kind of halfway already know where we want to get to. So we kind of say, okay, well, let me just find in here somewhere that's going to give me the answer that I kind of want. But the heart of your question is the approach is one of humility, of one of saying, okay, you know what? I'm coming here with open hands, Lord. I'm coming here with open hands and I need you. I need you in, in a fresh way every single day. And, and, and you might be looking at something a certain way and the word is telling you something different. And you're like, okay, well, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to rest with what the word says. I'm not going to superimpose what I, my approach is not give me what I think I need, Lord. My approach is give me what I need, Lord, and let it speak. Let it come to you in that, yeah, yeah. I find it helpful for myself to, to be reminded, like, Lord, the same Holy Spirit that inspired the writing is the same Holy Spirit that can even now open my heart to what you're saying. Yes. To me, that's, like, awe-inspiring. Like, it's the one and the same. It's the same yes. Spirit that, that wrote, that reveals, that that helps us. A absolutely. And then the second part of what you ask, I think is, I think it's a two-part question. If it's not, I'll treat it that way. And that is, is that the checking of the box, right? So we also, and it kind of goes into what maybe Eric said a little earlier, we can, we can get into our method and then our method can be by rote. Like, okay, well, okay, well, it's 545 in the morning. Okay. All right. And then, okay, I check that box. So sometimes we may need to mix it up. We may say, you know what? I'm getting too comfortable I'm getting, too, I'm getting too relaxed here. Maybe I need to do it at 6 o'clock at night. I've been doing it 5 in the morning. Let's, let me maybe do it in the evening. Let me mix it up a little bit. I need to keep his word in me active, and it should never become just the box that's checked. So change the method. If you've been doing the method for six months, okay, well, look for a different one that's going to keep his word vibrant and fresh within you. Yeah, so, so thanks for asking that question. All right. All right. So let's um, let's close here in uh, prayer, and then we'll go worship together. Holy and gracious Father in heaven, who have we but you in these days? Uh, these days, where there are so many voices that are saying that there is no truth, so many voices that are saying. Uh, you can determine things for yourself. Uh, so many voices out here that are uh, saying that many things um, are left to our own ways. These are days in which we feel like they're new, but we know, Lord, from your word that it all started in the garden when the serpent said, has God really said have you really said? And even that question, Lord, goes back to what you said and then what others are saying about what you said. So, Father, we ask, we plead this morning that you would have us to be people that would close out the noise of the world, that would close out the noise of our own selfish desires, that would close out the noise of those who are around us who would contradict and be contrary to what you have already said in your word, have us to be a people that stand firmly on your word, have us to be a people who crave and desire to take it in every day, have us to be a people that will desire to snack on it. Have us to be a people who desire to even have a dessert of it. Have us to be a people who love your word so much that we're in it and we're reading it and we're praying through it. We're even singing it. It's in our hearts, melodies in our hearts to you. We praise you. Oh, we were lost in sin. Oh, we were wayward. Oh, we were on our way to hell. Oh, we were on our way to eternal punishment. But your son, Jesus, 
But your son Jesus redeemed us. He saved us. He washed us clean. He presents us before your holy presence spotless because of what he has done for us. We thank you for your son Jesus. And on this morning we ask that you would help us to cling tightly to that truth. And if there's anyone in this room who does not know you, awaken their hearts. Go to them. Draw them to you. Reveal yourself. Make yourself known. We ask, we plead, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.